0: Come on. Welcome to Hip Hop Movie Club, where three old heads put their old heads together to vibe on some of the most memorable, or forgettable, hip hop-themed movies of all time. And here's HHMC, with your HHMCs, Boogie, JB, uh, yeah. and Dino Wright. Season 3, Episode 6, Poetic Justice. Written and directed by John Singleton, released in 1993, and featuring Janet Jackson, Tupac Shakur, Tyra Farrell, Regina King, and Joe Torrey. We'll answer the question, can a young couple overcome past tragedies and rewrite a brighter future?
1: (laughs) Poetic Justice is the tale of a hairdresser named Justice, played by Janet Jackson who is grieving following the fatal shooting of her boyfriend. Justice joins her friend Aisha, Aisha's boyfriend Chicago, and Chicago's coworker Lucky, played by Tupac Shakur, on a road trip from L.A. to Oakland. With poetry as her primary coping mechanism and interspersed throughout the film, we see if Justice is ready to open her heart again. So, Boogie, you want to kick us off? What are your greatest memories of this film, and what did you like about it?
2: Yeah, I, I think the one, the first thing that, that that I always remember was that this was Janet Jackson's breakout performance. I mean, she's been in other roles like Penny on Good Times, and she's done you know <laughs> guest guest appearances here and there, but this was her first um, major film role. So everybody was kind of curious to see how she was going to do, and I think she pulled it off. I think she was pretty um pretty com- convincing, mm-hmm. and I think that the di- dynamic between her and Tupac was was, it was there, and everybody was kind of wondering how that was gonna work out as well. It was, it was like, oh, is, is this gonna be like an oil and water situation, or is it gonna be convincing? Is it gonna be believable? And I think towards the end of the film, it actually blended together nicely. I, I like romantic stories. I don't always like to, to see the the typical action flicks or things like that, so I think it was a decent take. I know John Singleton's main focus was to try to show a different perspective than his previous film, Boys in the Hood. So I think with that, it, it was good and refreshing to see something different. But yeah, I, I enjoyed the movie. There's there's some some scenes in the movie that I can definitely relate to. We we'll talk about that a little later. But I think it was a a good movie. I, I enjoyed watching it. It was good to to see it after I don't know how many years since the last time I've seen it. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: Donna, right. I saw you nodding your head a little bit at some of the points Boogie was making. Uh, you concur on some
0: things, or what were you making? I concur on the put Penny (laughs) in good times, (laughs) that's the bulk of my Janet Jackson acting uh, experience.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I think Janet Jackson did a really nice job. I did like the chemistry between her and Tupac. Uh, I had some other notes down. I mean, Q Tip is in this. We love Q Tip. We love Gold Quest. I had forgotten about that. I don't know how i had forgotten about that, yeah. but I had seen it so long ago. Uh, he played Janet Jackson's boyfriend, who was unfortunately gunned down in the beginning, and that leads to her retrospection. You know, her reflection. Her, you know, using poetry as a coping mechanism, and she was kind of very introspective, reflecting a lot. What I really liked, too, is the poetry was all from Maya Angelou, you yes. know, and it says at the end, and she had a role as Aunt June as well, which was nice. I mean, to be able to honor her in this manner with through film that will live forever, was yeah. nice.
2: Yeah. Maya Angelou is a national treasure. I mean, she she was absolutely great with her poetry. I forgot to mention that that was always something that I always admired about the movie, is that the poetry... Was Maya Angelou's of all people that was that was always cool.
1: Yeah, that was that's great. I mean, when you combine legends such as Janet Jackson, you know Maya Angelou, Tupac, who was a huge part of hip hop culture, into one film, that's that's pretty incredible.
0: Yeah, I enjoyed their chemistry also, uh, Janet Jackson, Tupac Shakur. I don't know that their dialogue and the screenplay was. All that great, I think, but you know, John Singleton was twenty-five when he made this movie. So when I was twenty-five, I wasn't doing nothing, nothing this, this this important. But I didn't love this movie. I liked it, but I think there was a lot of things that felt kind of long, and it it didn't quite hang together. But certainly, Janet Jackson as an actress is a, a sneaky good, and Tupac is great. He's a great actor. He was a great actor. And you could see it in this movie, even though he didn't have much to work with. You could definitely see that he had the goods.
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely. I like how the relationship between them progressed, though, from their initial contact while he was delivering mail and was trying to kind of get get with her in the beginning. And even after that, to how... They had their first argument scene, you know, when they were, were driving and he was trying to be friendly and she didn't want to be bothered. And they ended up butting heads extremely badly to how, you know, it got to the end. He's like, oh, okay. Because I think through the whole movie, though, even though, you know, regardless of what he said or how he approached her, you could tell that he was into her from the beginning. And I think when he felt rejected, he did the typical, well, whatever. And, Went to the tough guy thing, but he always was into it from the beginning. It was it was very apparent because he was hitting on her, and trying to get with her in the, in the beginning when he met her at the at the shop. But it was it was kind of cool to see that, and I think this was something that I I know that I watched some of the behind the scenes, and and, and it was mentioned is that how you know the people from South Central they were all you know put on a role, you know that everybody was tough, everybody was tough. Because they had to be tough in that environment. But once they were taken out of that environment into the openness of, you know, the roadway between, you know, South Central and Oakland, they're out in the open now. It's there's no need to be tough. Everybody's guards started to fall down. Yeah. See, everybody started to show, you know, vulnerabilities. And when, you know, Justice and Lucky's, you know, facades started to drop down, they really ended up being into one another which was kind of cool. It's like, you know, you know, we come from a tough environment, but you know, everybody's got weak, weak points and everybody's had struggles. And once they saw that, the chemistry really started to show on screen.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, so the movie to me, moved pretty
1: quickly. Like I was intrigued again and and it moved at a pretty good pace. Donna Wright, I agree with you. Some of the dialogue was not the greatest, but again, Singleton was young but as a, like a lot of a lot of arguing and arguing and like sometime like i don't like to listen to a lot of arguing i will shut off if i put on like a talk show like a uh, jerry springer or like uh Maury povich people arguing it gives me a headache like i'll just turn it out a lot of the arguing that occurred was like and it was Sometimes I thought it was almost like gratuitous, just cursing. Like it just came down, and we're trying to keep this clean. But there's a lot. A lot of this was like, huh, "All right, f you, mother effort, f you, mother effort, Blah 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 blah. blah. And I was like, "All right." There's a lot of that back and forth, and it it kind of took a little bit something away from the movie. But the storyline did make sense because, like you said, both of the protagonists, Justice and Lucky, they they needed something. To fulfill them, their lives—they—they they were something missing. Obviously, uh, justice was grieving, and she was not quite ready to open back up themselves, open her heart. And Lucky, like you said, said, played by Tupac, had that gruff exterior, but he had that soft side. He was trying to get into music industry. He wanted to help his cousin get into music industry. Mm-hmm. He was trying to raise a daughter yeah. that was in a tough situation. He took her out of the home where. Uh, the mother of his child, he found crack pipes and then she was involved with another man. It was a very toxic situation. So he's dealing with all this stuff. So when they have that long journey and uh, they have the fight, he kicks her out of the mail van. They eventually bring her back in. And it's not until later on after they stop off at the family reunion that they crash, <laughs> And then the I don't know if it was before, after the African Cultural Festival. And then they start opening it up to each other and then then, then I think it really it is fulfilling
2: yeah yeah you notice that when uh, when Aisha and um, Chicago uh, when they started to butt heads it started to get really nasty Lucky wanted no parts of it he's just like hey listen that's not that's between them I have nothing to do with it as soon as Justice got out there in mm-hmm. Chicago you know got up in her face yeah Lucky spring into action <laughs> yep <laughs> It was real it was like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Not my girl. <laughs> yeah. See,
1: that's the part that bothered me a little bit because I am so anti, you know, ever putting your hands on a woman. So, yeah. like as soon as you did that, I thought that Lucky should have jumped out and helped defend Aisha, even though it's a spat between the two of them. But man, you gotta help and protect the woman in that situation. Yeah. But then then it goes after justice, and then he's right out there. So yeah, obviously had a an affinity for yeah
2: for justice unfortunately uh, yeah, too that's a lot of times that's how it goes too. people see see things and you know I'm like you it should never happen I should I don't want to see it I don't you yeah. don't want to be around it and somebody's got to do something but a lot of times people are kind of hands off with yeah. it that's true
1: yeah so yeah the fact that they they kind of open up at that point towards the end of the movie and They fall for each other, Justice and Lucky. It is revealed, Justice reveals that her mother committed suicide when she was young. She was named Justice because she was in law school when she had her. So it was kind of a challenging upbringing. And then she lost her mother at a young age. The grandmother had given her the home that she lived in. So all that stuff comes comes out. Lucky opens up a little bit as well. And so you see, you see, yeah, we we come from different backgrounds, but we all have our challenges that they definitely could could help each other in that regard. I mean, I thought there was some funny stuff when they when they landed upon the the Johnson family reunion. I thought that was funny. (laughs) Pretending to be just a cousin and and the one guy's, hey cousin, how you doing, cousin? You know, that was funny.
0: That was probably my favorite part of the movie, I think. You know, these road kind of films, you gotta have these like wacky adventures that, that, that make the road trip worth it. And that was certainly hit. Just like walking up, like, oh hey. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't seen you in a long time. How you been?
2: <laughs> yeah. I get a plate. <laughs> Funny story about that whole scene. <laughs> so I actually did that before. <laughs> a week before seeing Poetic Justice in the Oh theater. my god. So I was, I was living in Newark at the time and my mother's friend had a car that she had, she just bought the car and she had let her son drive the car. So her son and I were the same age. So he had a couple of his friends, I think it was a couple of his friends or a friend and a cousin. I can't remember the dynamics, but it was about four of us in a car. We decided to go from my house up to Livingston Mall. For those who don't know, Livingston is like a suburb, a little Couple of towns away from Newark, and it's more or less up in the hills. So we go up on our way up to the Livingston Mall. We're cutting through South Mountain Reservation, which is like a big open reservation park. And we look over as we're coming through. We see there's a big family reunion style cookout going on, and we're like, "Oh shoot, let's go check that out." We didn't really know what it was. We're like, "Let's go check it out." So we parked the car, we get out, and we we're just walking through. And it's like, come to find out, there was a family function. But we were like, "Hey, we're the cousins, we're <laughs> and we're hanging out." They you know, they're giving us plates of food and stuff, and we're hanging out. I think we were there for maybe about half an hour or so. They be all right, all right, guys, see you later. I'm back in the car and kept going up to the mall. That's
0: amazing. A week later,
2: a week later. <laughs> I remember I'm sitting in the movie theaters watching Poetic Justice, and that scene comes on. I think I was the loudest person in the theater. I was screaming at the top of my lungs laughing. (laughs) Oh, my God, I just did that. Oh, my God. Art imitates life. (laughs) We just did that a week ago. (laughs) That's
1: great. I always wanted to do that, and then seeing that, and then seeing Wedding Crashers with Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson, and they make a, a living off of doing that.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah, and then, I never thought to do that, like yeah. the Filipino parties and stuff. I could probably do that, but <laughs> never thought to do that.
2: <laughs> yeah, you probably could. <laughs> yeah, I no, I could. I got my scrubs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was funny. My my family knows. I talk to everybody. I try to be very personable. I could probably schmooze my way into something if I was at a community park or something like that. Yeah, how you doing? Yeah, blah blah.
0: It's been a long time. Yeah, long
1: time. I'm third cousin on the, the bride's side. That's cool. That that was kind of funny.
2: Yeah, that was definitely that was one of my, definitely one of the highlights of the film. Cousin,
0: Cotton Pete, cousin <laughs> Pete, they're playing. Were they playing cards too?
1: Oh man! Yeah, but. In the movie, their stay is short-lived as uh, yeah. Aisha drinks too much. or She, you know, she starts flirting with a, with one of the guys at the party, and then Chicago gets jealous, and then a little scuffle ensues. And then the one cousin from the family was like, wait, what's going on here? This isn't right. And then they're gone. But they did get their food, and I think Lucky s- took some for the road as well.
2: Some, yeah, yeah. He, took, he said, can I get some of this to go, yeah? <laughs> couple, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Oh, so oh man, yeah, good fun.
1: stuff. Yeah, and I saw that there was some older women at the barbecue, and they were kind of like preaching about morals and stuff. And yeah, that was kind of interesting. And that's where you see, though, uh, also that justice is really good with the children. She was holding a one of the babies. Yeah, yes. And uh, I, I think maybe Lucky kind of picked up on that. And then at the very end, you see how Lucky's baby. Keisha, I think her name was. Yes, yeah, and mm-hmm. then not baby. She was. Uh, she looked like she was maybe four or five years old. The
2: toddler, yeah. Toddler,
1: yeah. And uh, uh, Lucky brought her into the salon at the very end, and uh, Justice uh, like sat her down the chair, did her hair. And, her hair is okay, little, He's right? Her hair is okay.
2: And, yeah,
0: <laughs> it's not. <laughs> yeah, she's like, that, what are you doing thing? with her hair?
2: Yeah, that that's that scene was very significant too, because he went to apologize to her for the way he acted after cousin was, um was murdered, but he not only apologized, but he, he took a piece of him with him. like He took his daughter. He's like, you know, you know, this is my, he brought his daughter along and said, look, I'm serious. Like I'm here. I'm apologizing. This is my daughter. So I think that was very significant. Um, and I think that's one, probably one of the reasons too why she, Took him serious because she's like, oh wow, he's really serious about this because he really he even brought his daughter with him, you know, to introduce me, and you know that's significant. You don't just bring your child around anybody, you know, especially knowing how he was, he he how he was with his with his daughter and wanting to protect her and and make you know do right by her. So. That was one thing I definitely picked up. on I was like, yeah, he brought his daughter around. That's that's probably why she was like, okay, all right, he's serious, <laughs> he's sincere. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. That was a, a tragic towards the end where they come upon the the scene with the the sirens commotion, and they they get there. Unfortunately, uh, Lucky's cousin, that was the musician, was was murdered. And then, right, the reason that then they come back to L.A. And Lucky's all distraught. And then he just snaps and kind of blames Justice saying, well, if I wasn't messing around with you or we took so long, I would have got there on time. Yeah. And she's like, what are you talking about? And then he just kind of storms out. But then, you know, he does go to apologize a few months later. Yeah. And uh, et cetera. So one other thing that I questioned or was like, man, it was so shortly after he was killed. And then, like, Lucky's asking for his equipment.
2: Yeah, right? that part always cringed me a little bit. Yeah,
1: so he wanted his music equipment or you know his, his DJ recording equipment. It was like cut to that like right away and I'm like, man, let, let them grieve and he actually snapped at I guess it was his other cousin, the sister of the right, of mm-hmm. the cousin and he kind of snapped at her like, "Oh, let me talk about this." And I'm like, "Oh, man, that's that's kind of cold-hearted, you know, like let the family grieve a little bit."
2: Yeah, that part always yeah, that part always I'm like, "Dag." <laughs> they, you know, they just like you know they they haven't even had the the ceremonies or anything for him yeah
0: another <laughs> yeah another example of how this was sort of slapped together kind of but yeah yeah I mean he did
1: have like you said maybe uh boogie's like a gruff exterior or whatever that he was hardcore like that you know and that that's the way it came across he actually did have good intentions he wanted to yeah. make sure that his music was produced and got out there and they they kind of He's in the garage playing the music and he's crying about it. He's not in the right frame of mind, you know, so maybe give it a pass. But that was, like you said, it's kind of a little bit cringeworthy, like, oh, man,
2: that's too soon. His heart was in the right place as far as wanting to preserve his cousin's music and making sure that the equipment was used the way his cousin would have wanted it to be used and not just sold off and Mm -hmm. whatever. And the music was lost or anything like that yeah it was definitely i'm like wow that's kind of quick man like (laughs) yeah they are not even thinking about what to do with his equipment at that time they're just kind of you know distraught that he's gone Yeah. yeah yeah yeah
0: there's a constant theme of grieving in this movie and some of it's like Lucky's like wants the equipment like the next day and i forget who said it to justice but basically the message was just get over markel and you know he was shot like right next to her in the car and so i don't know how you really get over that
2: right for her it's
0: two years and she's not really over it and you know i think we're a little more enlightened about letting people grieve on their own time but 30 years ago it wasn't quite like that
2: yeah good point i saw an interesting statement actually i was watching some behind the scenes interviews um, with some of the cast and this was from Tupac's own mouth he said he felt that he wanted to actually have to fall in love with Janet Jackson for the role to be success and he's like you know he said you know I want to do this right I want to wanted to come across as authentic I want to actually feel like I've fallen in love with her and then afterwards he said you know I feel like I actually did fall in love with her during the filming. And that we broke up once the filming wrapped up.
0: <laughs> wow, I hadn't heard that.
2: Yeah, that's I really was, diving into a role. <laughs> yeah, that was really deep. I was like, "Wow, really?"
1: <laughs> I know I had a crush on Janet Jackson back in the day. You know, yeah. envisioning being you know Michael Jackson's brother-in-law. You know, <laughs> how's that going to work
0: out? Man, yeah,
2: still got a crush on Janet Jackson.
0: Yeah. You like know, You get Tito Jackson too. Yeah, Tito. <laughs> you get Tito. Get Marlon. Yeah. Yeah. Latoya. He could be Latoya Jackson's brother-in-law. Jackie. Pretty good deal. Mm-hmm. Huh? Jackie.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now I was reading some other interesting facts too that John Singleton really wrote the role of justice for Janet Jackson, but he did have Jada Pinkett. And Lisa Bonet and Monica Calhoun all auditioned for the role as well. Although he did have Janet Jackson in mind. She ultimately got the role. But I was reading that. That was interesting to me.
0: And that Ice Cube was offered the role also. But he wasn't ready to do romantic roles. Mm-hmm. Saw that also.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I, I couldn't have pictured that Ice Cube at that time playing that role either. No, oh, he needed Especially to <laughs> come fresh off of playing Doughboy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no
0: that's a lot of cognitive dissonance for people to go from no boy to lucky yeah. In, yeah. In, in just one movie
1: <laughs> yeah that's funny did you guys enjoy the music i know janet's huge hit again was was in it, played at the end, and they, they were playing that melody frequently throughout, and that yeah. that song yeah. brings me back to that time, in the early 90s.
2: Most yeah. definitely. Yep. Yeah, that song was a hit. Absolute hit.
0: It's such a, it's called a light motif, where you just hear it, and it, it, it conjures the theme, and I was like, oh man, yeah. like, I, I know this song, but at the time, I couldn't remember which one it was, which Jan Jackson, but like this was like the this was this is the '90s. Uh-huh. It was such the '90s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were playing parts of it,
1: and then I started after after watching the movie, I started singing around the house, <laughs> and I didn't know what the second <laughs> voice, but it's like you start singing like the first few lines, you know, like,
0: heard from a friend today. We
1: said you were in town. <laughs> yeah. So did you know, it's, it's such a sing songy tune. It's it's really good. Yeah. Um, and then also, uh, the Stevie Wonder song really was well done. And when it's she one was, of the great songs, yes. yeah, oh, yes, never, never dreamed you'd leave in summer.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was really uh, a part when Janet Jackson's character was really being reflective, and
2: yeah, you yeah. had it crying mm-hmm.
1: in the mirror,
0: even in the beginning, going from Between the Sheets by the Isley Brothers into Beneath Apple bump, like, whoo, yeah, like this sounds like my Spotify playlist or something.
2: Oh. <laughs> A little TLC up in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely thumbs up on the on the music. Yeah, Yeah. music was good. And and how could it not be? Was Janet Jackson and Tupac in a movie?
2: (laughs) It was (laughs) meant to be. Meant to be.
0: Yeah, well done by Stanley Clark, who did the music for this movie.
1: And this did the movie did pretty well in the box office. So it was interesting. I was looking at the budget was listed as 14 million. It it garnered 27.5 million. And I'm thinking like there wasn't any major explosive or anything, but I guess the budget, they probably had to pay Janet and maybe Tupac a lot of money
2: because they're huge names. They were at the peak.
0: Don't forget Tone was within this movie, man. He Tone in it, yes.
2: Yes. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. That scene right there. Let's please talk about that scene for a second. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. I forgot. I, I
2: totally forgot. I don't know how I forgot about that scene. <laughs> Where he look, Lucky goes to check in. Just, he was just checking, on, checking in on his daughter, you know. He's got a daughter with a baby mother and and coincidentally, that baby mother has a child with Tone Luke's character, <laughs> but they had a very symbiotic re- relationship, which was actually kind of kind of fly to see on screen, where they were like, you know what, hey, hey, what's up, man? Hey, how's everything going? You know, and they were joking a little banter back and forth. You know, my, my daughter better not be calling you daddy and <laughs> stuff like that. Was kind of it was kind of you know heartwarming to see though, because you don't see a lot of that dynamic. It's usually it's a little. Hence. <laughs> yeah. Put it lightly. <laughs> yeah. But um they, they were actually, you know, kind of cool with one another and respected one another's role and was like, hey, listen, he's like, you know, I probably understand that you don't have anything to do with her. You just get a check on your daughter, make sure it was cool. I could respect that. And then um this is when the scene where Lucky finds the crack pipe and goes to confront his baby's mother about it, and coming to find out she's in there with another dude. While the kids are sitting there watching TV, which was totally wrong, totally neglectful. And as he's confronting her, the dude decides to confront Lucky about it. And I can't even remember what one of those characters' name was. He's outside. Oh boy, what's going on? (laughs) (laughs) And then the, the, the two of them end up jumping the guy. But it was, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, I, I didn't even want to laugh at it, but every time I see the scene, I laugh at it because I mean, you know, they're not really hitting them, but I, I crack up on that scene every time I see it because they were like, <laughs> what, what? <laughs> it was just
0: like, "What? What?" It was. He's he <laughs> listed
1: as James Paul. That was his name. His Tony Loach character was actually like selling drugs outside of that apartment complex or whatever, and it, mm-hmm. there was a running running gag about like people not having the right change or something like, like yeah. that. He's like. wait I'm not an ATM. I
0: don't. You know, it <laughs> <running>. <laughs> yeah.
1: There was other cameo appearances. Michael Rappaport. You may have mm-hmm. seen him. He was yeah. like a dock worker. Yeah. At for, the for end.
0: When they make, he probably end. makes a delivery. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And bit, Billy Zane is up on the big screen in the beginning. Uh, yes. Where yes. No. <laughs> At first, it's kind of like, what is this all about? He's in like this romantic scene. And then it zooms out and it's a drive-in theater that, Janet Jackson was watching with Q-Tips uh, character in the very beginning. Yeah.
0: Laurie Petty hasn't had a greater a greater role, the role of a <laughs> lifetime for her. Yeah, <laughs> an Alan Smithy film.
1: <laughs> so Keenan Ivory Wayans is credited as being one of the crackheads, and that I guess that was one of the things that was spoofed in uh, Don't Be a Menace to South Central.
0: I missed that totally. I I, I didn't realize but he was in it. It was hard to tell it was him. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't I missed
2: it. But we did see Loke Dog's mail truck. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Mr. Lock Dog? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's good.
1: <laughs> I remember Joe Torrey, who played the role of Chicago being a pretty big comedian back in the day, right? He, yeah. he was on a lot of those comedy shows.
2: Yeah, he was He was um, doing a lot of um, the comedy circuit, yeah. Yeah. At that time. He, he took over
0: uh, deaf Comedy Jam. Def Comedy Jam, yep. After
2: uh, Martin Lawrence.
1: So the folks out there, this is not the Joe Torrey that managed the uh, New York Yankees <laughs> for many years. <laughs> I always thought that I was interesting. Like, uh, he's got to live with it. he he was well, – well, the Joe Torrey, the, the baseball – manager was a player for many years so obviously he was much older and born first but uh, it must be interesting dynamic to be uh you know have that same name spelled differently this is t-o-r-r-y but it's like oh man i'm joe tory you know and then uh, you gotta always have that clarifier when you're talking
2: i always thought that was funny that they had the same name (laughs) yeah (laughs) was it was the same pronunciation of the name right exactly (laughs) yeah
1: like he kept combing his hair so many times, like so many times. It's like, oh my, yeah. <laughs> <I mean, laughs>
2: trying to get the waves. <laughs> so, <laughs> well,
1: he did have it, and then they said he stuttered when he was nervous, and, his, nervous his character yeah. and stuff like that. And then he started stuttering, so that was kind of funny.
2: Yeah, that was funny <laughs>
1: when he was lying. When he was lying, and he started lying to uh, Aisha. Yeah, but you know that their relationship was showing
2: cracks and then it just yeah. escalated. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and even even Lucky said he said, you know, they was they would have broken up anyway. That's right. Yeah, he said it. He's like, Yeah, they were gonna break up anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of toxicity in that relationship. Yeah, it was just one interesting statement too that from John Singleton. We kind of touched on it a little bit. Like he has a set of movies that it's called you know the South Central trilogy, with this being the second installment. But he said the first film, you know, of course, uh focused on the men in South Central, but he wanted this film to show how the deaths of young of these young men affect the sisters that are left behind. We see how that plays out a lot with um with Justice's character. Um uh, so yeah, we definitely touched on that. So that was a statement that I heard directly from him as well. And I was like, ah, yeah, that's kind of where we, we we we, you know, yeah. <laughs> Kind of what we're thinking. But yeah, I, I mean, I like the movie. It's not, it's not the greatest movie, but I definitely enjoy watching it.
1: <laughs> yes. So, you, let's go around and give give our overall ratings. And so, Boogie, you, I know where you're going with this, but would you say bring that funky flick back? Bring that funky bring that, flick, that, flick back, back, or leave it in the vault?
2: Yeah, I mean, like I, I like to I say, I, I don't watch it like all the time, but it's every now and then I, it, I like to watch it. It's been a, maybe about at least ten years or more since I've seen it. So yeah, if I I don't I can't watch it every day, but yeah, bring that funky flick back. Dino, right?
0: Uh, despite the my problems with it, I'm going to bring this funky flick back.
2: Yep, yeah,
1: and uh, I'm also going to vote to bring this funky flick back. If only for the fact that there's legendary folks in it, you know, the restoration of poetry of Maya Angelou, who's a national treasure, like you said, and Janet Jackson, Tupac, I gotta bring it back.
0: Hip Hop Movie Club is produced by your HHMCs, JB, Boogie, and Dino Wright. Theme music by Boogie. Special thanks as always to Susan, Tawanda, and Alice. Check us out on TikTok and Instagram at Hip Hop Movie Club. On the next episode of the Hip Hop Movie Club podcast, your HHMCs will review Boys in the Hood. It drops in two weeks. Subscribe today in your favorite podcast app and you won't miss it.
2: Shout out
0: to you listeners. Thanks for tuning in.
1: And remember don't hate, invigorate.
0: Shout out to Brain Freeze Trivia in the Lehigh Valley. Check out the Instagram, brain, underscore, freeze, underscore, trivia, double underscore,
2: time. That's brain, freeze, trivia, time on Instagram.